In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. It's time for the Winning Way podcast, presented by Global Leader Group and featuring interviews with today's winners in the fields of sports, business, and entertainment. Here's Catch Us F Butts with a Winning Way. And we are here for another episode of the Winning Way with Catch Us F Butts. We are glad because today is, is a, it's a nice, shiny day outside. Um, but that means there's a lot of shininess going on inside because we've got a uh, a Hall of Famer, I like to call her, uh, someone who has really changed really the way that we listen. And when we listen to radio, when we listen to what's taking place in our cars, in, in our, our headphones, and I'll just stop kind of talking about that within itself and let her tell it best. She is the 2016 inductee into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame, Miss Condence Presley. Condence, welcome, and uh, glad you are here with us today. Cassius F. Butts, thank you for the invitation to be on your show. <laughs> Listen, I always say that whenever you have someone that put that F in there that says, today is for familiar, and she's familiar for who I am and what I do, but more importantly, we want to become more familiar about who you are and what you have achieved, really, not just in the state of Georgia, but really across the nation, no, Condence. You're so, you're so kind. Thank you. So so I uh, just want to kind of just start off, Condence, tell us about where were you born and how did you actually arrive here in Atlanta, Georgia? This is going to blow your mind. I'm ready. <laughs> I am a Georgia peach. What? I am native to the area. Wow. Wow. You don't get that often. No, you don't. We are a very rare commodity in the mm-hmm. community. Whenever I meet someone who says, yes, I'm from here also, and we say, oh, you don't find many of us because so many people have moved to Atlanta from all over the nation, yes. from around the world. But quite honestly, Cassius, I grew up in Mayretta, or as as it's officially called, yes. Marietta, Georgia. Mar- that's right, Marietta. You had it right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, I, I grew up in Marietta, Marietta, uh, went what? to elementary school here, mm. went to high school here, studied journalism at the University of Georgia, and then began my career in radio, honestly, 90 days after graduation. And it is so rare, and I like to say I am so blessed, Mm -hmm. that I landed a job in a major market right out of school. That does not happen. It does not happen. It does not. not. Now, let me take a step back really quick. What high school in Marietta? Marietta High School. There you go. Okay, there we go. There we go. Well, you've, you've been in a place where, you know, there's been a lot of winning taking place here. Uh, in the state of Georgia. Um, of course, you mentioned those UGA Bulldogs national champions. Natty, we got a Natty. Yes. <laughs> got a flag in my front yard. Yes. I got a really special magnet on my refrigerator. And, of course, I bought all the clothes. But you know, the thing about it, Contest, is that you have something that is unique and, um, because you have that voice. You know, <laughs> and, and it's that voice that's captivating. It draws people in. Right out of high school, like you said, you start getting into your profession. How did that happen? If you were to ask me, Cassius, Mm -hmm. to choose one word to describe myself, Mm -hmm. 
the word I would tell you is curious. I have always been curious about other people, about other things, activities, Mm -hmm. very much someone who wanted to be in the know. Okay. As a high school student, as a high school student, I worked on our yearbook. Mm -hmm. I wrote for the paper when I was a high school student. Not that I'm going to date myself, but I'll just say high schools today have radio stations, have TV stations, and are training our young people as soon as they know this is what they want to do. I kind of came about it a little bit differently, but Mm -hmm. I knew that I was interested in journalism. Okay. And when the opportunity came to go to the University of Georgia on an academic scholarship to study journalism, I said, where do I sign? Wow. And with that, I'm at Georgia. Mm -hmm. I spent some time at the student newspaper, the student-run newspaper, the Red and Black, and I discovered there that, yes, my passion for journalism is very strong. Mm -hmm. My passion for print journalism is not. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Look, we have to know our strengths and our challenges, right? Well, the thing about about writing for the Red and Black and understanding the various roles and definitions of jobs in journalism Mm – A reporter at a newspaper or in a print organization is very different from a broadcast reporter. Okay. And I say that because when I spent that time at the Red and Black as a reporter, I would go out to events and Mm -hmm. cover them. Okay. And then I would write a story about what I covered. Okay. And then I would turn it into the editor. Okay. And when the newspaper came out and there was a story in the newspaper and I had a byline Mm -hmm. and I read the story, I scratched my head because I didn't recognize that as being the information in the story that I turned in. Hmm. So I learned then Mm -hmm. that in the print world, the reporters go out and gather the information, bring it back to the editor. They organize it in some sort of a way. Okay. And then it's really the editor who gets to fashion and shine the story. Okay. Wow. It was was an aha moment for me. And I said it was an aha moment that was not for me. (laughs) Let me find something else. Let you find something else. Now, have you ever covered sports? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Oh, can I tell you a sports story? Please. (laughs) So... Early in my career, when the Atlanta Braves, the world champion Atlanta Braves, 96. had their first, no, no, it's nice. Worst to first, we did not win that World Series. The worst to first season in 1991. 91, that's right. Of course, 96 was the, was the Olympics, of course. You're right. The 91. 90, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 91 was the season that they went from worst to first. Yeah. And the radio station where I was working, we were a rights holder. Okay which meant that not only did we carry the games on our air, Mm -hmm. we worked with the announcers, and one of our our sportscaster was the fourth Braves announcer. So, Oh, seriously, I worked with Skip Carey, Don Sutton, God rest their soul, Pete Van Weeren, oh, all all the guys. Wow. And uh, Dave O'Brien, who was at ESPN now, I believe, Mm -hmm. was our sports director at the radio station back then. And because he was the sports director and the announcer, he did the things that the announcers did. Mm -hmm. And as the Braves were embarking on this wonderful first time, worst to first season, we needed a reporter to go and to capture the stories, to do the fan stories, all the things that, that your listeners are aware that we do now. And so I raised my hand and said, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Yeah. They're like, really? I said, yes. Mm -hmm. So we got me credentialed. I was hmm. in Pittsburgh for the Sid Bream slide. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, yes. 
I I covered so I covered I covered this when we that was the NLCS. Uh-huh. And then came back and I was oh <laughs> another lost Kirby Puckett who yes. took us out. Yes. I went to Cleveland when we played the, the well then the Cleveland Indians in that yes. World Series mm-hmm. because there were stories to tell news-wise about Native Americans sure. and about the mascots for both of the teams, okay. which many Native American communities found to be insensitive. Sure. And Cleveland hasn't changed its name. Sure. Uh, and so I went to I went to Cleveland to cover the World Series there. I covered I think I covered that one. The only, I didn't go when we went to Toronto. Okay. I did cover and was on the field. Uh, and when we ran every all the reporters ran out when we did win the series in '95, which was great. Is that right? Oh yes. Wow. Oh, it okay. was amazing. Okay. Because I I raised my hand and volunteered. So mm-hmm. long answer to your question. Yes, I have covered sports. I've covered the the Braves in baseball. Mm-hmm. I have covered the Hawks in basketball. I've covered I sadly <laughs> sadly in the national championship game in 2018 oh, when the no. dogs lo- oh I was on the sideline and really? I watched him run and there's actually a, a picture that an Associated Press photographer captured and I found me in the picture and I've just got my head in my hands it's it was <laughs> devastating oh, no. and then to have to go into the the locker room and mm. talk to these young men and you yeah. remember then that these incredible athletes are are Young men, they're in some ways after a loss like that, something yeah. so devastating, they go back to being like you remember their boys, yeah, in their early twenties, sure, and sure. have to stick a mic in front. Oh, I hated. Oh, that was my worst reporting experience. But no, I've covered a couple of Super Bowls. I've covered the World Series. I've covered the Olympics whoa, when whoa, they were whoa, here whoa, in whoa, Atlanta. Whoa, whoa. You, a couple of Super Bowls. You, you, everyone just doesn't cover a couple <laughs> Super. Kindness. I mean, you have really, you know, I, it was a lead-up question for me, but I didn't realize Super Bowls. What Super Bowls did you cover? Oh, now you're going to ask me numbers, and I can't remember the actual numbers. No, no. But uh, the, not the number, but just the, the games. The games. So yeah. the, it was the one where the, um, oh, they were the. It's oh goodness gracious! It was the one that was in the dome. Okay. Okay. When Georgia Dome was where we played. So oh, and was, I'm sorry. Let's be specific. We're talking about the Falcons, right? Well, I'm talking about no, I no, I no. We do not want yeah. to talk about that twenty-five to three point spread. Oh no, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're one. not talking about that at all. I did not want. I did not have anything to do with that. I didn't want to have anything to do with that. Okay. But each time, the city of Atlanta has hosted a Super Bowl. I have had an opportunity to cover the teams. No, so well, I covered one. The yeah. first one I remember because I had no idea Troy Aikman was that tall. Oh wow. Okay. Because I was yeah. yes. Yeah. So that the first one, and I remember I sat next to. In my seat at the game, I sat next to Chris Berman. Wow, from ESPN. Chris Berman, yeah, yeah. Way in the nosebleed seats, yeah, but yeah. that was the first Super Bowl I covered. So it was Dallas and... I want you to think about Dallas. Dallas played, well, Buffalo. It was Buffalo. Yeah. But and you Dallas know, won, yeah. You, you, you've, you've covered, really, a lot, not just football. Like you said, baseball, basketball, Hawks as well, too. Of course. So, and, and I think, you know, when you hear these sort of things... Like, how did you actually get involved? Um, I mean, you're a Georgia Peach, so you know you got a chance to get some first dibs at uh, some opportunities because you were you were here. But how did that actually happen? Did you say, okay, now I'm going to follow the sports route? Is that is that was that something that was really said intentional? My covering those activities definitely was intentional. Okay. Uh, did I expect that to be my beat? Mm-hmm. I did not. Okay. Was it officially a beat? Mm-hmm. Not exactly. But the hours, if you cover sports, are non-traditional. Right. So if you are someone in this business who wants to work a traditional schedule, mm-hmm. 
and have your evenings and your weekends free, <laughs> right. don't volunteer to cover sports because it. that's when the activities happen. Sure. So I just raised my hand. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. I saw a need, I saw an opportunity, and I raised my hand and said, I will go. So having something like that means that you, you really just follow your passion because this is something that was your passion. You mentioned aha moments, but when you talk about your voice itself, like I said, everyone does not get to be an inductee into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. No, what do you think has been uh, the things that you've experienced to actually uh, enable you to be an inductee into Georgia Radio Hall of Fame? I mean, it's, I mean, we know plenty of people who have been on air, but you have not just been on radio. You've been on television. I mean, you, all over the place, right? I mean, in a very specific way because you volunteered. So. How did you transition from just radio but also television? If you were to tell me today that at this point in my life mm-hmm. and career, I would have an opportunity to work in television, yes. I would say, I don't think so. Yeah. And the fact that it happened has been just a blessing sure. and just incredibly wonderful. I have a passion for community. You talk yes. about what, what is your line, if you, your passion is your purpose and your purpose, purpose is your plan. plan. Yes, yes. And I have always been very passionate about people Mm -hmm. and community. Mm -hmm. And throughout my entire radio career, as a reporter and later in other roles at the radio station, Mm -hmm. those afforded me opportunities to get out in front of people, get out in front of our listeners or our viewers and our customers, and interact with them. Mm -hmm. That showed me how much community meant to me. So one of the things that I was able to do over the course of my time working full-time in radio was Mm -hmm. to represent the station at community events. Mm -hmm. And when a legendary leader in this community chose to retire Mm -hmm. from a role after 45 years in the job, I raised my hand. I guess that's that's the theme here. I, I'm someone who raises her hand. Right. I raised my hand yeah. and said, I, I, I want to try out for this job. It wasn't like, I'll do it, I'll do it. Sure. But I pitched for the gig mm-hmm. and went through an extraordinary recruiting and hiring process. And at the end of the day, they, they said, we're going to offer you the job. And I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm four years into that now. I yes. would have never thought as a young person that – any, a, that I would work on television or that anything I had an opportunity to do on television mm-hmm. would win an Emmy Award. Yes. But now I get to say I'm an Emmy Award winning broadcaster. And I, I never thought that was in the cards. Again, it's, it's, it's a gift and it's a blessing. Well, you know, it's not that often that you get to have someone of your caliber to be one, to be as humble uh, of the profession the, the way that you are. And, and I think that that kind of goes into my next question. When you have many people that may have a passion or a skill um, like you have. Um, how did you begin to craft that skill? Who are some of the um, uh, the mentors or advocates to, that have helped you to be successful in this in this this realm? Tell you a couple of things. First, thank you for the compliments about my sound. That's yes. that's very very kind. Mm-hmm. But know, and your audience should know that I would never, will never, ever play any of my early audition tapes because they <laughs> are horrendous. Oh my goodness, they sound terrible. When I was a sophomore at the University of Georgia, Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity. I had done an internship at a local radio station in Marietta. The owner of the radio station knew Monica Kaufman Pearson. Yes. And 
in those days, as even today, young black girls wanting to pursue careers in media. Growing up in Atlanta, they all wanted to grow up and be Monica. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, now they all wanted to grow up and be my late friend, Jovita Moore. That's right. And Nick knew Monica. He made arrangements for me to go to the television station one day and Mm -hmm. to sit down and to talk with her. And it was, she gave me, and and she knows this, and we've now been friends for more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. She knows that she gave me the best piece of professional advice that anyone had ever given me. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about what her role was because when she got into the business, there was a need for women of color and people of color to deliver the content. Mm -hmm. She said now, those years into it, there's a need for people who look like us to decide what content the anchors deliver. So she said if you ever have an opportunity to go into leadership or management, get on that path. Wow. And Thankfully, I'm blessed that that opportunity did come my way. Yes. I got on that leadership path, and here we are today. So Monica is one. Yes. And then there's a program director at my first radio, or pretty much my first and only long-term radio station, who said to me, uh, I pitched for a leadership job as a young person. There was an opportunity to be the news director mm-hmm. at the station, and I pitched for the gig, and I didn't get it. Okay. And I remember being devastated because I didn't get the job. And I even remember going in and talking to this leader and saying, I really hope that the reason I didn't get the job is because I don't look like you. Okay. Because that hiring manager at that time was a white, a white male. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, that's not the reason. And I would caution you against making that case. Sure. So I said, okay. Yeah. And I went back and did the work. And some years later, there was another opportunity to pitch for a job at the radio station. That was, if we're looking at a, an org chart, a couple of layers up from the job that I pitched for and did not get. Sure. And I, I applied for the job, did the work. We had a meeting. I go in and it's the same hiring manager who's still in charge. Hmm. And he says to me, I've got some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you. And we're sitting there and I'm sitting in his office and I take my hand and my fingernail and I dig my fingernail yeah. into the soft tissue between my my pointer and my thumb so that when he tells me that I'm not getting this job and I know now that I have to leave this organization, mm-hmm. he's not going to see me cry. Sure. So I'm pinching and I'm just really focused on the pain. He says, I've got some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you. Uh-oh. What do you want first? And I said, uh, go ahead and give me the bad news. Sure. And he said, well, the bad news is you and I are going to be spending a lot more time together mm. because the good news is you're getting the job. Ah. And so I got that promotion uh, okay. to be the number two content person at the radio station. Sure. And then I remember to let go of the pain in my hand. Mm-hmm. And in all of that, what I learned was the first time I pitched for a leadership promotion and didn't get the job, I wasn't ready. Sure. Now, I didn't know that then, and you couldn't have told me that then because, you know, when you're young and you're in your early 30s, you think you know everything, and you really don't know much. Invincible. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. But had I gotten that promotion when I wasn't ready for it, I would not have the opportunity to do the things that I do today. You know, it's interesting. You you talk about, um, you know, facing adversity um, when you think you're ready, right? And it kind of goes along with what you've been covering for a long time, even on the sports side. And then we go back to that. As you know, this 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 show is, is centered around business, sports, and entertainment. You've been able to cover all of that really within your career, and you've been able to see the the challenges and some of the, the closed doors, if you will. But it really has prepared you to be where you are today, that successful icon, Emmy awardee, um, you know, and inducted into your own profession. And so... 
I want you to talk a little bit, if you will, Condens, about, you know, where were you when you got the phone call uh, that you would be inducted into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not get the phone call. Okay. I What I got was a text message that I didn't receive right away. Okay. And honestly, I saw that I had been inducted into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame really? on Facebook. What? So you're wondering now, why was what? that? <laughs> the way the hall works, okay. there's a long list of incredibly talented people who are nominated. Okay. But a nomination does not guarantee admittance into the hall. Okay. And there are people who are nominated multiple times and may it's like you know the MLB Hall of Fame you don't necessarily get in on the first ballot right right you may have to come back another year this was my first time on the ballot but I just didn't think I'm I'm young I still have a lot of work to do and I had an opportunity to go to Cuba okay before we closed and weren't traveling to Cuba sure and so I was on a business uh, exploratory trip in Havana okay and I don't know if you've ever been to Cuba. But I have not. Access yeah. to information and the Internet yeah. is very challenging. It's very limited, yes. And we had to buy a little card that gave you a code, mm-hmm. and you had to sit really at the hotel that we were in, which yeah. was allegedly a three-star hotel, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> if you wanted access during the time that we were there, and we were there for about a week, to the outside world, the thing to do was to go and sit outside late at night, the office at the hotel because you were kind of close to the router Mm -hmm. and then you'd put your numbers in and maybe you could get up to the to the world wide web and I did and it was a Saturday night and I'm scrolling through because really I wanted to pay post a couple of pictures of cool things that we had done that day and in the meantime I'm I'm seeing that I have a lot of messages and these messages are hey congrats congrats I'm like congrats for what oh you got into the hall I said oh my gosh and I wasn't even there Oh. So the nicest thing was that I was I had an opportunity to uh, induct Mark Aram into the hall the next year, and really? they afforded me an opportunity to say thank you in person because I'd missed it the year I went in. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome! That's awesome. I mean, but you know, you talk about technology in in today's time. I mean, a lot is driven around social media, tech, uh, technology, text messages, as as you said. This is kind of the the new wave of where we are today. But uh, for someone like yourself, you still have been able to keep up with that, to continue to reinvent yourself um, uh, unintentionally and unapologetically, I I, I may add. Um, You're very involved on the advocacy side. You've never, from what I've seen as a professional, and even continue to get to know you as uh, on a personal level, very consistent, right? Can you talk a little bit about, as we begin to wrap up, for someone who's interested, to be in a place to have their voice on radio or on the internet or on television, like what kind, what can they do to, to follow attract something as similar as yours? I mean, that's there's no blueprint to it. I know that, but what can they do? A couple of things. Uh, one, we've already talked about it. Raise your hand. The things that people don't want to do, those are the things you want to try to do because that gives you an opportunity and an experience that somebody else may not have, and you can build on that. If presentation is something that is important to you, when I was a college student and I studied, especially the reading, I read out loud and recognized punctuation. Sure. A period is a period. means you stop. Mm -hmm. A comma means pause. And then you continue the thought. 
And if you smile when you're talking to somebody, especially if you're in a situation as we are now, you'll discover that you can hear somebody smiling in a podcast or sure. on the radio. Mm-hmm. So there's just certain things there that you can do and practice to be, to be strong and to be better. Okay. Uh, and then, again, raise your hand, practice, and just be, be curious and be inquisitive. You know, these are all things that we kind of take for granted to some degree. Uh, but there is something that we can do within our own right. Because it doesn't take a lot to, to smile, right? It does not take a lot to speak and read out loud. But sometimes it does take uh, practice uh, at your profession and your craft. And that's something that I think a lot of times you know, people may take for granted to think because talent is one thing. But to be talented, to be gifted, and to continue that talent, to take it to the next level, you have to have practice. Any words of encouragement that you can tell our listeners uh, before we wrap up today? Because I love your details about the sports perspective, um, which gives me a different perspective of just the things that I'm in awe with you about. Any words of encouragement with that? I'm going to borrow some words of encouragement with a really quick recap of a conversation that I had with the actor Morris Chestnut about a month ago. He was in Atlanta for a United Way event, and I had an opportunity to interview him. And we were talking about how he sees himself does he accept the mantle of role model? And he went on to tell me about meeting people who wanted to go into the entertainment world, wanted to be actors, wanted to do the things that he's done. And he's been in the business for 30 plus years. Sure. He asked, he asked the young person every time, uh, what work are you doing? Are you doing any work? Well, no, man, I'm just hoping you'll hook me up. I'm trying to get, if you want to do this kind of work, any kind of work and have a sustained career, when you make that decision that that's what you want to do, it is important to do the work. Sure. We talk about paying dues, and you and young people hate you. Oh, you got to pay your dues. But <laughs> right. that's what all of these experiences are. The little, every little thing and all that experience adds up. And we all know that luck is opportunity met with preparation. That's right. Right. Hmm. Well, you know, it, it sounds simple within itself, but, you know, when you start putting that rubber to, to the road, you realize that, one, you, you get to learn more about yourself and what you're made of. Yes. And it sounds like you've been doing that since you uh, graduated high school and you've been flourishing ever since. Condice, I want to thank you very much for your time and being with us today. And uh, really, really enjoy getting to know even just more about you. And even just kind of it's encouraging that even for this show within itself, you gave me some tips that I can actually work on myself too. See, like, I'm smiling now. Can you tell the difference? <laughs> Yes. Thank you, you really can hear a smile. You Absolutely. Sure yes. You sure can. Well, again, thank you again. We want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Winning Way with Cassius F. Butts. I'm your host, and uh, and I hope to actually have you back here again, Condes. You are a, 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 a bright light that's continued to uh, shine on a lot of areas that need some shining, and this has been one of them. So thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'd love to come back. All right. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. 
Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.